soles of his feet lord god i thank you lord we just thank you for the timing of all this that's happening and we believe lord according to genesis 50 you're going to take something evil and you're going to turn it for good lord god 
We thank you, Lord. It is you that is this healer. We declare you are the healer, Lord. And we thank you for um, for your presence and your angels that have them and that are keeping them, Lord God. And we just stand on your word. That's the truth. That it says you have already overcome this at the cross. We speak life over it. And his entire body, his muscles, his blood flow, Lord God. We thank you that the blood that will, the blood will begin to flow properly the way it is, Lord God, with no clogging. Arteries open up in Jesus' name. Muscles and nerves be normal in Jesus' name. And thank you, Father. You're amazing for waking them up. <clears throat> Father, we take communion for Danny on behalf of Danny, Lord God. And we just thank you, Lord God, that you have, Lord, covered him with your blood. Yes. Forgiving him of all his sins, thank Lord. You. He declares you as Lord yes, and Lord. Savior. Yes. He honors you, Lord God, for claims he is your son. We mm. ask you to send your angels in there yes, to Lord. heal him and Help restore him completely. Yes. Thank you for yes, holding Lord. Danny, Jesus. Jesus, yes, we Lord. give him over to your altar. We praise yes. you for Danny. We yes, praise Lord. you for his life. Yes, Lord. We praise you for his actions. And thank you, Lord, for giving us the body of Jesus Christ. Yes, we Lord. take communion yes, right Lord. now that Amen. Jesus said, This is my bread, the light of life, Amen. given to you. The light of men, Lord, we take this bread on behalf of Danny that in, he's in the hospital right now. We take the bread and have it. Anyone that's in the hospital, anyone yes. that needs restoration, yes. anyone that has had a stroke, anybody that has anything, Lord, we thank you for total healing in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank we you for the bread of life. We partake of the goodness, Lord. And we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Taste and see that the Lord, Lord is, is good. good. And the blood of Jesus sanctifies Danny. He heals him, restores him, makes him brand new. Nothing missing, nothing broken. The devil is defeated by the blood of the man. By our word of our testimony. Sickness and disease, get out of Danny's life right now in Jesus' name. Right now. You've been defeated by the blood of the lamb, and you are out of jurisdiction. Amen. The law of Christ Jesus is over Danny. And we declare it so in Jesus' yes. name. Amen. Thank yes. you for the blood, Lord. Sickness. Get out of his body. Out of his body in Jesus', Jesus name. said, my covenant of sanctification through the blood is a finished item in Jesus' name. Yes, Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for restoring Danny. Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 1 Proclaiming the Word Tremendous power is released through proclaiming the Word of God. Many believers are unaware of this amazing potential that is available to all Christians, whether it is a situation of personal need or an international crisis that needs to be resolved. Learning how to proclaim the Word of God into that situation releases God's creative power, which can utterly transform the circumstances. Every believer has both the privilege and the responsibility to proclaim God's word. Throughout my years of ministry, whenever my wife Ruth was with me, I would always begin my messages by inviting her to join me in making a proclamation God taught us to begin in this way, and we discovered that proclaiming the word in faith at the beginning of a meeting made a tremendous difference. 
in the spiritual atmosphere in the meeting and in the anointing on the speaker. One of my favorite proclamations from scripture is one we used frequently and one that in many ways sums up the message of this book. This is the proclamation. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there both water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it Isaiah 55 10 through 11 Chapter 2 What it means to proclaim The word proclaim is a strong word It comes from a Latin word that means to shout forth A related word in the language of the New Testament is one that means to confess Confess means to say the same as for us as believers in the Bible, confession involves saying the same thing with our mouths as God has already said in his word. When we make the words of our mouths agree with the word of God, we position ourselves to receive the full backing and authority of Jesus. In Hebrews 3.1, the writer said that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. This is an important statement. If we have no confession, we have no high priest. Jesus is the high priest of what we confess. In other words, whenever we say with our mouths what the Bible says about us as believers in Christ, then we have Jesus as our high priest in heaven. He is releasing his authority and his blessing over our confession. If we remain silent, however, in a certain sense, we cut off his ministry to us as high priest. If we make a wrong confession, we do even worse. In such a case, we invite negative forces to surround us and move upon us. A proclamation is a confession that is made aggressive. It is a word that speaks of spiritual warfare. It is releasing the authority of God's word into a situation, into your own life, your family, the life of your church, a political situation, or whatever it may be. There are countless situations that need to have the power of God released into them, and there is no more effective way to release the power of God than by proclamation. Proclaiming is really the activity of a herald. Herald is a word we don't use very much today, but in medieval times, the herald was a person 
with authority from a king, a duke, or some other nobleman who would go to a public place and make a proclamation of the will and decision of that ruler. He would shout out, Oye, Oye, and then make the proclamation. So whenever people heard, Oye, Oye, they knew it represented the voice of authority. They would stand at attention and listen to what was being said. In the New Testament, although it doesn't clearly come out in most translations, the word preach is the word for a herald. It means to proclaim. Chapter 3 Multiplying the Power of Communication these days, through the use of modern communication technology, we can proclaim God's word far more widely than has ever possible before. I have been a Bible teacher for many decades and always felt my duty was to interpret the Bible, to explain it and help people to understand it. Many years ago, the Lord began to impress on me the word proclaim. I felt that he was challenging me to go beyond teaching his word and to begin proclaiming it. The result was the beginning of my new radio Bible teaching ministry which started on eight stations in the United States in 1979 and was eventually translated into more than 13 languages, effectively covering most of the globe. Essentially, it is a ministry of proclamation. The key verse that stirred me to establish the radio ministry was Matthew 24:14. This is the proclamation. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. This age cannot close until we have done our job as the church of Jesus Christ, as his witnesses on the earth. Our task is to proclaim the gospel in all the world as a witness to all the nations. I have learned by experience the tremendous power of the Word of God simply proclaimed in faith. It accomplishes the most marvelous results. I remember the story of an American woman who was everything a woman shouldn't be by Christian standards. She was a Marxist, a feminist, and a lesbian. She found herself in a small ship on the South China Sea with some of her companions as a storm was coming up. The others said, go down below and turn on the radio. See what you can find out about the weather. She turned on the radio and just happened to catch my radio program, which was being broadcast from Manila in the Philippines. She heard enough to get saved right then and there. As a result, she became just as radical 
the other way, radical for God. It was not just the teaching that she heard, it was simply the word proclaimed that did its work. Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 4 The Rod of Moses Look at the example of Moses when God called him to go back and be the deliverer of Israel out of Egypt. You may remember that God appeared to him in the burning bush and in Exodus 4 said that he was sending Moses back to Egypt in order to deliver Israel from bondage. Despite God's commission, Moses felt he was not equipped for the task. Moses had lost all the self-confidence he had had at the age of 40. He was now 80. He said, in effect, Why me, Lord? I can't do anything. How can I do it? In his ever-practical way, God said to Moses, What is that in your hand? Exodus 4, verse 2. It's a rod, Moses replied. What he held was a rod like any other shepherd would carry. He didn't think there was anything particular special about this rod. God proceeded to demonstrate to Moses the miraculous potential in that seemingly insignificant rod. At one point, the Lord said, Cast it on the ground. Exodus 4, verse 3. When Moses did, it became a snake, and he ran away from it. Then God said, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Verse 4. Anyone who deals with snakes will tell you that one should never pick up a snake by the tail. But Moses obeyed God, and the snake became a rod once again. In doing this, God showed Moses how to use the rod as an instrument of divine authority. With that rod, Moses defeated the magicians uh, of Egypt, stripped Pharaoh of his power, humiliated their gods, and brought Israel out of Egypt from slavery to freedom. If you analyze the rest of the book of Exodus from there on, the entire deliverance of Israel out of Egypt was achieved by that rod. Every time Moses wanted God to intervene, he stretched out his rod and God intervened. Moses' authority was symbolized by the rod in his hand. When the Red Sea needed to be divided so that Israel could pass through, Moses stretched out his rod 
and the waters split apart. When the Egyptians were crossing the seabed in pursuit of the children of Israel, Moses put forth his rod again, and the waters swallowed them up. The only equipment Moses needed for the entire task that God had called him to was a simple shepherd's rod. The very thing he didn't think held any significance when he first held it in his hand. Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 5 Taking Hold of God's Word You too have a rod in your hand, your Bible. If you can understand its unlimited potential, you can use it as Moses used his rod to extend God's authority into any situation where Satan opposes the people and the purposes of God. Over four years together, my wife, Ruth, and I fought a continuing war against Satan, who opposed us and our ministry in many different ways. I sensed that one of his goals was to kill Ruth. In this war, the Holy Spirit taught us how to take hold of the Bible as our rod and extended God's authority through it into every area where Satan was opposing us. The Holy Spirit led us systematically to scripture after scripture and showed us how to direct them to each area of attack. The strategy that Holy Spirit taught us was Proclamation, thanksgiving, praise. First proclamation. The appropriate scriptures will, with bold, unwavering confidence. To make this fully effective, we often personalize the passages we quoted, making any grammatical substitution needed to apply the verses more personally to ourselves. For instance, when the Bible says you, we changed it to our proclamation to I or us. Secondly, we accepted the scriptures we proclaimed as true, even before we saw its actual outworking in any situation. The natural result of this was to thank God for it. This logical step to the third step, loud, jubilant praise. The Song of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 4. Solomon describes Christ's bride, the church, as often as army with banners. Under these banners, proclamations, thanksgiving, and praise, 
Ruth and I were able to drive out the hosts of darkness and enter into the freedom that God had appointed for us as believing people. Unless otherwise indicated, we use the New King James Version, where we have felt it appropriate to make significant changes in the wording. This has been indicated by an asterisk. The proclamations and prayers will be grouped under ten headings. Fear the Lord, Righteousness and Holiness, Health and Strength, Guidance, Protection and Preservation, God's Intervention in Human Affairs, Testing and Trials, Spiritual Conflict, Perfect Redemption, Mental and Emotional Stability, Serving God. Finally, at the end, there are six comprehensive proclamations that were special favorites of ours. In order to receive the maximum benefit from these scriptures, here are three simple steps to follow. 1. Ask the Holy Spirit to make alive to you any scriptures that are appropriate to your particular situation. 2. Read these scriptures through many times, out loud if possible. 3. Gradually proceed from reading aloud to systematic memorization. This is a natural step. The Hebrew expression for to learn by heart actually means to learn by mouth. As you read the words aloud, they gradually become imprinted on your memory. Before we get started, however, let me share with you some of the words I have learned about proclaiming God's word.
Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 6 The Word and the Spirit Together As we noted about Moses at the beginning of the previous chapter, if you are a Bible-believing, committed Christian, you also have a rod in your hand. It is the Word of God. Think of your Bible as the only instrument you need in your hand to be able to do everything God calls you to do. The first thing we need to realize is the power of God's Word. It is a supernatural book. Just like Moses' rod, it contains power that isn't obvious when you first look at it. But when you begin to understand it, its power is actually limitless. Let me give you a few scriptures that reveal the power of the Word of God. And this would be a proclamation as well. By the Word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Psalm 33, 6, King James Version. The Hebrew word for breath is rach, which is also the word for spirit. Thus all of creation came about through two agents, the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Everything that exists has existed or will exist owes its proper origin to those two forces working together. The Word must work with the Spirit. I think that might be why it was translated as breath and not as spirit. Think about the tremendous power of words, and yet how simple they can be. When I was teaching English as a second language to African students, I had to learn elementary phonetics. I made some interesting discoveries about words. How do we actually speak? As relief release breath out of our lungs. It passes through the mouth and nose, and the various alterations it is subjected to determine the sound of the words that come out. Because of this, you cannot speak without breathing. This is a picture of how God speaks, too. Every time he speaks a word, it is carried by his breath, his spirit. The Word and the Spirit of God always go together. The Word and the Spirit of God brought the universe into being, and they continue working together to sustain it. There is a very powerful scripture in Second Peter that tells us three facts. The Word creates, the Word maintains, and the Word abolishes. 
This is a, another proclamation. By the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water, and in the water, by which the word that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Second Peter 3, 5-7 By the word of God, the earth and heavens were brought into being. By the word of God, they are maintained in being. And by the word of God, and in his timing, they will pass away. The word of God creates, maintains, and abolishes. Sometimes when I look at the mess that man is making of this planet, I am glad that the word of God will abolish this mess one day. God accomplishes all these things by his word. Let us return to the scripture quoted at the beginning, Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 11. This word must come out of God's mouth, otherwise it is not effective. This is also a proclamation. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Notice that God said, My word that goes forth from my mouth. In other words, my word, when it is propelled by my breath. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6, Paul said, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. In other words, the word by itself, without the breath, does not bring life. It has to be the word and the Spirit together. You may have a sermon that has a lot of scripture in it, but if it does not have the breath of the Spirit, then it is dry. It does not produce life, it produces death. The two must always operate together. I want to draw a parallel with the experience of Moses to see how we can make the word of God effective by proclaiming it. By proclaiming it, I mean releasing it into a particular situation. It takes confidence and boldness. 
It is not for the timid. You must make up your mind that you believe it. It is God's word, and if you say it with a believing heart through believing lips, it is just as effective when his spirit says it through you as it is when God himself says it. If the Spirit of God propels the Word of God through your mouth, it is an effective as when God spoke the universe into being. Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 7 Learning to Tremble at God's Word We begin this chapter with the recognition that the first thing that happened to Moses was, he, was that he became frightened. When Moses threw the rod on the ground, it became a snake, and he ran from it. Like Moses before, we can be effective in proclaiming, we must learn to have a healthy fear of the Word of God. We have to learn to tremble at the Word of God. This is a proclamation. Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. Isaiah 66, verses 1 through 2. We can't build anything that will impress God because He has already created the entire universe. There is one thing, however, that does attract His favor. On this one will I look with esteem or respect. Whom will God respect and take into account? Him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. So like Moses, our first reaction must be fear and awe at the word of God. There is far too little fear of the Word of God in the church today. Perhaps we have become too familiar with it. We quote it and bandy it about, but too many fail to show true reverence for it. This attitude must change. Let me give you two reasons why we should tremble before the Word of God. The first is when Jesus said, this is a proclamation, if anyone hears my words and does not believe, 
and received them. I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last days. John 12, verse 47 through 48. One day we will all be judged by the word of God. Imagine yourself standing before Almighty God, having to give an account for your life, as I believe we all must do one day. I think you would tremble. You would be very concerned. Jesus said that we should have the same attitude toward the word of God because it will be our judge on that day. Every time we open the pages of the Bible and read it, if we can understand this, we are looking at that which will one day judge us. No wonder we should tremble at it. Then Jesus made another amazing statement. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. John 14, verse 23. This is one of the few places in the Bible where the plural pronoun is used to describe God. We, Father and Son, will come to him. How will they come? It will be through God's word. In other words, when we open up to his word, then God himself, the Father, and the Son, is coming into our lives, willing to make his home with us. Imagine a vision in which you actually saw the Lord Jesus coming into your home, you would be overwhelmed. You would have a sense of awe. You would want to fall at his feet in reverence. Here Jesus is saying, not only will I come, but the Father will come as well. And they will come through the word of God. Most of us in the contemporary church need a change of attitude regarding God's word. We need to show a much greater sense of reverence, awe, and fear. The word would be ineffective in our lives in the way I have described until we learn to reverence that word. Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 8 Executing God's Judgment The previous chapter showed us the importance of trembling at the word. This is the first thing that happened to Moses. He suddenly realized the power that was present in his rod 
and he ran from it. The second thing he did was to take hold of the rod. By faith he gripped it, and the snake became a rod in his hand once again. So after we have trembled, we need to take hold of God's word. The last four verses of Psalm 149 speak powerfully to this. This is a proclamation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. Psalm 149 verses 5 through 9. The saints spoken of here are all true, dedicated believers, people who tremble at the sound of the word of God, but are totally committed to it. And there is an amazing series of statements given. Can you identify yourself as belonging to the saints? If you have the high praises of God in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand, then you can execute judgment on the nations. Can you begin to see yourself by faith as part of this scenario? This honor or privilege belongs to all the saints. What an awesome responsibility. I think the way each of us prays would be quite different if we were to really see ourselves in the light of these verses. Notice that we are to execute the written judgment. Where is that judgment written? It is in the Word. We are not the ones to make the, these judgments. God has made them, but we have the privilege of executing those judgments on the nations and their rulers. In other words, believers have a unique and important part to play in history. The tragedy is that so many Christians are so far from understanding all God has made available to us, not to mention all he expects from us. I want to emphasize that we don't make judgments. We find the judgments in the written word of God. Our role is to execute them. How do we do this? We do it by proclaiming from the word of God the judgments that are written there. We simply proclaim them. We are the heralds. We stand in the marketplace of the world and shout out, Oye, Oye. Then we announce the decree of God.
Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 9 Exercising Authority As we come to the next stage, I want to be very practical and down-to-earth. After Moses grasped the rod, what did he do next? When he got back to Egypt, he stretched it out. By doing so, he exercised the authority that was in the rod. I want to suggest that we need to do the same. We need to take the written word of God and stretch it out in any situation where the authority of God is needed. One of the most effective ways to release the power of God into a situation is by proclaiming it in faith and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Remember what the word must go with the breath. When the breath or spirit of God propels his word from our mouths, we can release it into a situation. And those words have all the authority of Almighty God in that situation. God did not step down off his throne, take the rod from Moses and say, I'll do it for you. That seems to be what many of us expect to happen. But God says, in effect, you've got the rod, you can do it. Although it was actually called the rod of God in Exodus 4.20, Moses was the one who held it and wielded it. I am going to address a number of situations that need the rod of God. I will begin with matters that are personal and then move on to needs that are regional, national, and even international. I want to highlight the different ways in which can stretch forth the rod of God. These will all be proclamations used regularly in my devotional times with the Lord. Often these times were anything but quiet times. I'm not suggesting that there is any more power if you shout. It all depends on how the Holy Spirit leads you at the time. Over a period of years, I have gathered between one and two hundred proclamations that I have made on a regular basis. Some of these I have proclaimed hundreds of times. Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 10 Overcoming Negative Thinking Remember, especially if you have a lot of negative thinking, and speaking in your background. Just saying one of these proclamations once is not going to have much of an impact. 
These proclamations need to be spoken out loud over and over for real change to come from the heavenly realm. You need to go on speaking them out loud until they become part of your thinking. You may know that I am from England and that British people can be pretty negative. We tend to be, by nature, pessimists. I myself was the pessimist of pessimists. Thankfully, God gradually revolutionized me, but it took him a long while. Whenever I faced a difficult situation, I automatically began to think of all the trouble and bad things that could happen. Maybe you have the same problem. I would use the weapon of the word in many different ways. In Jeremiah 29:11, God says to Israel, this is a proclamation, I know the plans that I have for you, plans for good and not for evil. Other translations say plans to prosper you and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Every time I found myself beginning to entertain a negative picture or thought, I would say, Lord, I thank you that you know the plans you have for me, plans of good and not of evil, plans of prosperity, and not of calamity, to give me a future and a hope. I may have had to say it several times, but in the end, the negative atmosphere dissipated, and I had a strong, confident, positive attitude. If you start to say this at the beginning of the day, you will have a good day. You will accomplish the things you set out to do. Your attitude makes a huge difference in the way p other people treat you. If you walk into a store with a positive attitude, the staff will help you. If you go in expecting bad service, discourtesy or trouble, you will probably get them. I think it is always good to personalize the proclamation that you make. So when the Bible says you, replace it with I. By doing this, you are saying, this applies to me. Let's start with self-defense. Suppose you are attacked by a lot of fearful, negative thoughts and you find yourself continually thinking about what would happen if you were to die. Perhaps you need surgery and the doctor says he can't guarantee you will come through it. Ruth and I faced this scenario when she was ill. Here is a scripture we must have used thousands of times. A Proclamation
I shall not die, but live, and declare the works of the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 17. Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 11 Protection Through Proclamation Suppose people are speaking or even praying against you. Your remedy is Isaiah 54, verse 17, on which the following proclamation is based. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against me in judgment I do condemn. This is my heritage as a servant of the Lord, and my righteousness is from you, O Lord of hosts. Ruth and I used to say this every night before going to sleep. When we confess that our righteousness is from the Lord, this is the reason we can condemn the tongues that accuse us. It is because they are refusing God's righteousness, and that always means being on the losing side. I would like to make clear, too, that we would say, quote, if there are those who speak against us or are seeking evil for us, we forgive them. And having forgiven them, we bless them in the name of the Lord. End quote. We would always seek to replace the negative with the positive. The Bible says that if people curse us, we should not curse them back, but rather bless them. Paul said, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans 12, verse 21 Goodness is the only power strong enough to overcome evil. When we were attacked... We would use a proclamation from Deuteronomy 33, verses 25 through 27. The bolts of our gates will be iron and bronze, and our strength will equal your days. This is no, there is no one like the God of Yeshur, who rides on the heavens to help you, and on the clouds in his majesty. The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out our enemy before us, saying, Destroy him. That kind of proclamation really frightens Satan. Remember that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers of wickedness in heavenly realms. See Ephesians 6 verse 12. 
The weapons God provides are very powerful, but they must be used in the right context. Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 12 Financial and Physical Needs You may have various kinds of need, financial or physical, for instance. For financial needs, we have used 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. Again, we have changed a few of the words, but basically it is from the King James Version. God is able to make all grace abound toward us, that we, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. It all starts with three simple words. God is able. Then it says what he is able to do. In this amazing verse, the word all occurs five times. Once as always and once as every. And the word abound occurs twice. It would hardly be possible to get more abundance into one verse. It is all grace. And how is grace received? By grace you have been saved through faith. Ephesians 2 verse 8 It is not something we earn or deserve. It does not depend on our social standing. We receive everything by faith in God's grace. This verse is the financial foundation of our ministry. Then suppose you are faced with something challenging that you think you can't do. You don't have the education, the physical strength, the discernment, whatever it is that the situation seems to require. In such circumstances, we would resort to Philippians 4. Verse 13, this is the, quote, Prince verse, unquote. I know Greek, and I think the Lord has given me a good rendering of the language in order to bring out the meaning better than any other version I know of. Quote, I can do all things through the one who empowers me within. End quote. I use the word empower because the Greek word is from dunamis, which is normally translated power. So there is a source of power within you that is released by your proclamation. Even if you don't have the education, the strength, or the discernment to do something, when it is a task assigned, 
by the will of God. There is one inside you who also empowers you from within. You may be afflicted by sickness of some kind. One of our favorite verses dealing with healing is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. The Proclamation Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose wounds we were healed. Notice it is expressed in the past tense. When the Bible speaks about healing in the atonement, the future tense is never used. 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah said, quote, By his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, verse 5. Emphasis added. After the atoning death and resurrection of Christ, looking back, Peter said, By whose wounds we were healed. That gives you a completely different perspective. It doesn't mean that you are automatically ceasing to be sick, but it gives you a different basis on which to encounter and challenge sicknesses something you will have to keep confessing it over and over for a long time. But you must decide which is more reliable, God's word or your symptoms. Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 13 Proclamation in National and International Affairs Now we move to an area where a more aggressive approach is necessary. I want to deal with intervention in national and international affairs. Ruth and I used to spend a lot of time praying outside our own personal needs for all kinds of situations, including the destinies of nations. Here are some scriptures that will encourage and help you to do the same. One of our favorites is a combination of Daniel 2 verses 20 through 22 and Daniel 4 verses 34 through 35. The first words were spoken by Daniel and the second by Nebuchadnezzar, but the message is the same. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons.
He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. For his dominion is an extra everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hands or say to him, What have you done? Remember that the second section of those words came from the ruler who had recently been an unbeliever. That should encourage us that God can indeed change the hearts of evil rulers if we learn how to, to pray. Then there are two passages from Second Chronicles. They are both single verse prayers. And we would often speak them aloud to get us going before focusing on praying more for the specific aspects of the particular situation at hand. This is the proclamation. Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this vast army. O Lord, you are God. Do not let man prevail against you. Second Chronicles 14.11 the second proclamation is Second Chronicles 20, verse 6. O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the earth. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Now look at Psalm 33 verses 8 through 12, which is a tremendously powerful affirmation when you are dealing with a world situation. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the people of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Psalm 33 verses 8 through 12. In other words, who is going to come out of it all as a winner? The nation whose God is the Lord. All the plans of governments, nations, and united nations, 
and so on are just nonsense if they are contrary to the plans of God. Amen. Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 14 Concerning Christianity and Opposing Forces Finally, I want to look at some verses that relate specifically to Israel, which is one of the areas we have prayed about most over the years. You may not have exactly the same burden, but you can take the principles and apply them in your particular situation. The regions of the world that are now often referred to as the 10-40 window have proven to be among the hardest to penetrate with the truth of the gospel. These are countries that are found between 10 and 40 degrees north of the equator, areas considered to have the greatest socioeconomic problems. I believe there is a very <clears throat> I believe there is a very important reason for this that actually underlines the impact that proclamation can have. You probably know that five times a day, every day, from every Muslim mosque in the world, a proclamation goes forth. There is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. This proclamation has been going out every day for more than 1,400 years. You don't have to do the math to realize that this proclamation has gone out billions of times over the centuries. Perhaps this helps us to understand why there is such a strong religious power over this entire region. What is the cause of this? I believe it has much to do with the power of that proclamation. This principle applies no matter whether the proclamation is positive or negative. In order to overcome the accumulated power of negative proclamations, we have to make positive proclamations to counter them. If you think that this is a hopeless task, Remember the situation when Moses and Aaron were confronted by the Egyptian magicians. <clears throat> when Aaron threw down his rod on the ground and it became a snake, the magicians did the same. But Aaron's snake ate up all of the snakes of the Egyptian magicians. See Exodus 7 verse 10 through 12. Our proclamations can overcome every negative proclamations if we know how to make them. Now I want to look at two biblical uh, proclamations 
specifically in regard to Israel and her land. The first is Psalm 125, verse 3. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. In this context, the scepter of the wicked is represented by any force that is opposed to God, his people, his purposes. You will have to speak out this verse in faith, especially when everything seems to be exactly the opposite. In fact, that's the best time to say it. You are stretching out your rod of authority and your rod or snake is going to eat up all the snakes of the magicians. The second proclamation regarding Israel is Psalm 129 verse 5 through 6. Let them all be confounded and turn back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetops, which withers before it grows up. I serve notice on all those who hate Zion that they will never grow to full maturity. They will wither before they are fully grown. That is the word of God. And it is going to come to pass. Let me give you one more passage about the restoration of Israel. Sing with gladness for Jacob and shout among the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 7 <clears throat> Look at the verbs in that verse sing shout proclaim give praise and say These are all specific actions that we can be involved in The word proclaim is right there as well then it says in verse 10, Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. This is something we can proclaim or declare over all the nations, especially those in the 10-40 window. The same God who scattered Israel is now gathering them once again. As God's people, we can have a part to play in proclaiming the truth of God's word until it becomes a reality. Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince This is the section on proclamations. 
chapter 15. How to utilize these declarations. To begin this section, I want to give you some guidelines on how to apply these proclamations that Ruth and I used both publicly and privately over the 20 years of our marriage. These proclamations are arranged by category to help you use them appropriately. There are more than 100 of them. So if you wanted to use one every day, there would be enough for four months. Then you could start all over again. As an example, let's look at a combination of proclamations entitled A Declaration of Confidence in God's Protection which also appears again at the end of the book. Ruth and I made this declaration on a regular basis and found it to be of tremendous benefit to our lives. Many testimonies have been received over the years from people sharing how they have been set free and have experienced a greater sense of God's presence as they have proclaimed the truths contained in this proclamation. I encourage you to take this proclamation and all the other ones in this book, meditate on them, and apply them in faith to your life. You can use them when you get up in the morning and before you go to sleep at night. I believe it is more effective to actually speak them out loud rather than just read them. It is good to repeat the proclamation a number of times to enable it to sink into your spirit. The Declaration of Confidence in God's Protection no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that arises against me in judgment I do condemn. This is my heritage as a servant of the Lord, and my righteousness is from you, O Lord of hosts. If there are those who have been speaking or praying against me, or seeking to harm me, or who have rejected me, I forgive them. Name people if you know them. Having forgiven them, I bless them in the name of the Lord. Now I declare, O Lord, that you and you alone are my God, and besides you there is no other, a just God and a Savior, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and I worship you. I submit myself afresh to you today in unreserved obedience. Having submitted to you, Lord, I do as your word directs. I resist the devil. All his pressures, his attacks, his deceptions, 
and every instrument or agent he would seek to use against me. I do not submit. I resist him, drive him from me, and exclude him from me in the name of Jesus. Specifically, I reject and repel infirmity, infection, pain, inflammation, malignancies, allergies, viruses. Every form of witchcraft and every type of stress. Finally, Lord, I thank you that through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, I have passed out from under the curse and entered into the blessings of Abraham, whom you blessed in all things, exaltation, health, reproductiveness, prosperity, victory, God's favor, and God's friendship. Amen. The following spiritual proclamations have been tested and tried in our own experience. The passages we have memorized have been taken from the particular Bible versions that the Holy Spirit has made alive to us. Once again, where we have felt it appropriate to make changes in the spiritual wording, this has been indicated by an asterisk. After a while, you will probably find other scriptures that the Holy Spirit makes alive to you in a special way. The blank lines at the end of each section are for you to write out these personal prayers and proclamations. I pray that these scriptures will do as much for you as they have done for us. They have made the difference between defeat and victory. They couldn't pick a better time to start in life. It ain't too early and it ain't too late. Starting as a farmer with a brand new wife. Soon be living in a brand new state. Brand new state, gonna treat you great. Gonna give you barley, carrots and potatoes. Pasture for the cattle, spinach and tomatoes. Flowers on the prairie where the June bugs zoom. Plenty of air and plenty of room. Plenty of room to swing a rope. Plenty of heart and plenty of hope. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain, and the waving wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain. Oklahoma, every night my honey lamb and I sit alone and talk and watch a hawk making lazy circles in the sky. We know we belong to the land, and the land we belong to is grand. And when we say, no! I am my OEA, we're only saying, you're doing fine, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma.
by Derek Prince Chapter 16 The Fear of the Lord The Fear of the Lord that is wisdom and to depart from evil is understanding Job 20, 2828 But as for me I trust in you, O Lord, I say, you are my God, my times are in your hand. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for us to trust in you. In the presence of the sons of men, you shall hide us in the secret place of your presence. From the plots of man, you shall keep us secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Psalm 31, verses 14 through 15, and verses 19 through 20. Come, you children, hasten to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who practice it. His praise endures forever. <clears throat> Psalm 111 verse 10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 
1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Proverbs 8.13 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. Proverbs 9, verses 10 through 11. In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life to avoid the snares of death. Proverbs 14, verses 26 through 27. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. Proverbs 19, verse 23. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 17 Righteousness and Holiness Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But we have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the festal array, to the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. And verses 20 through 22 through 24.
In this we pray, that our love may abound still more and more in knowledge, and all discernment, that we may approve the things that are excellent, that we may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Philippians 1, verse 9 through 11. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Psalm 19, verses 12 through 14. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. John 4, verse 23 and 24. This is our prayer, that we may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that we may have a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemptive and redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Proverbs chapter 2, 
verses 1 through 5. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify us completely, and may our whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls us is faithful, who also will do it. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 through 24. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Thus says the high and lofty one, who inherits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite. This is the one I esteem, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2. As the elect of God, holy and beloved, we put on tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave us, so we must also do. But above all these things, we put on love, which is the bond of perfection. We let the peace of God rule in our hearts, to which we were called in one body, and we are thankful. We let the word of Christ dwell in us richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. And whatever we do in word or deed, we do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. 
teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Titus chapter 2, 11 through 14. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but they, he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We have known and believed the love of God that he has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11, and verse 16. Finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all, who have loved his appearing. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8 Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, 
For great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew 5, verses 3 through 12. by Derek Prince Chapter 18 Health and Strength Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. So when I am weak, then I am strong. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 through 10. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15. But I will hope continually, and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness, and of your salvation all the day. For I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. O oh God, you have taught me from my youth. And to this day, I declare your wondrous works. Now also, even if I become old and gray-bearded, O oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone is to come. Psalm 71 verses 14 through 18 My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life in your soul, and grace to your neck.
Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be troubled of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence, and will keep your foot from being caught. Proverbs 3, verses 21 through 26. I can do all things through the one who empowers me within. Philippians 4.12 The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Psalm 29 verse 10 O God, you are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. Psalm 68, verse 35. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 4 verses 20 through 23. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Second Corinthians 3 verses 17 through 18 Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince God's Intervention in Human Affairs Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His, and He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation 
to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, no one can restrain his hand or say to him, What have you done? Daniel 2, verses 20 through 22, 4, verses 34 and 35. For by grace we have been saved through faith, and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk to them. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. Oh, you have saved those who trust in you from those who rise up against them. Keep them as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who oppose me, from my deadly enemies who surround me. Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come up against this vast army, O Lord. You are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. Second Chronicles 14 verses 11 O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdom of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can understand you. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 6 we remember the prisoners as if chained with them, and those who are mistreated, since we ourselves are in the body also. Hebrews 13, verse 3. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts. And shuts and no one opens. I know your works, see. I have set before you an open door. And no one can shut it. For you have little strength. Have kept my word and have not denied my name. Revelation chapter 2, verses 7 through 28. Let them all be confounded and turned back that hate Zion. 
Let them be as the grass of the housetops, which withers before it grows up. Psalm 129, verse 5 through 6. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. Psalm 55, verse 9. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. Psalm 125, verse 3. Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth, who have upheld his justice. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. It may be that you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. Zephaniah 2 verse 3 For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make Israel his people. 1 Samuel 12 verse 22 Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. Exodus 32, verse 13. Let all the earth fill the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Psalm 33 verses 8 through 12. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone swept our soul. Then the swollen waters would have swept over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. 
Psalm 124. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. Psalm 122, verse 6 through 7. Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 21 Testing and Trials But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 57 and 58 I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make its boast in the Lord the humble shall hear of it and be glad oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 34, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, we submit to God, we resist the devil, and he will flee from us. James chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died about him, we shall also live with him. If we endure... We shall reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Second Timothy 2 verses 10 through 13 We count it all joy when we fall into various trials knowing that the testing of our faith produces endurance. But we let endurance have its perfect work, that we may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for us, who are kept by the power of God through the faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. 
If this we greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, we have been distressed by various trials, that the genuineness of our faith, being much more pre precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, we love. Though now we do not see him, yet believing, we rejoice with joy inexpressible, and full of glory, receiving the end of our faith, the salvation of our souls. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9 through nine. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and those whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by waters which spreads forth and spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. We shall separate us from the love of God. And who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all those things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, not height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, verses 31 through 39. Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 22 Spiritual Conflict God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
Therefore we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt us in due time, having cast all our cares upon him, for he cares for us. We are sober, we are vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by our brotherhood in the world. But the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after we have suffered for a while, will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle us. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that establishes itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Second Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5 We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, and we do not love our lives to the death. Revelations 12 verse 11 the bolts of our gates will be iron and bronze, and our strength will equal our days. There is no one like the God of Yesu, who rides on the heavens to help us, and the grounds in his majesty. The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out our enemies before us, saying, Destroy him. Deuteronomy 33, 25 through 27. No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against us in judgment we do condemn. This is our heritage as servants of the Lord, and our righteousness is firm, and is also from you, O Lord of hosts. Isaiah 54, verse 17. Plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive against me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler, and stand up for my help. Also draw out the spear, and stop the way those who pursue me. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Psalm 35 verses 1 through 3.
Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 25 Serving God But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life, and who is equal to such a task? <coughs> Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, Christ we speak before God with sincerity, like men sent from God. Second Corinthians two verses fourteen through seventeen. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Ephesians 3, verse 20. God is able to make all grace abound toward us, that we, always having all sufficiency, in all things may abound to every good work. Second Corinthians nine verse eight. Again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Matthew 18, verse 19. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Therefore we pray the Lord of the harvest that he will th thrust forth laborers into his harvest. Matthew 9, verse 37 through 38. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Matthew 24, verse 14. We will be strong and of good courage, and do it. We will not fear nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, our God, will be with us. He will not leave us or forsake us until we have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. First Chronicles 28 verse 20 For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven 
and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, but it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah 55, verse 10 through 11. We work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. We do all things without grumbling and arguing, that we may become blameless and innocent, innocent children of God without faith, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom we shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. Philippians 2, verses 12 through 16. Let us watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that we do be done with love. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 through 14. What things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. But indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered, I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may and lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead 
I press forward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, verses 7 through 14. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by and in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2 verse 20 Prayers and Proclamations by Derek Prince Chapter 26 The Divine Exchange Jesus was punished that we might be forgiven. Jesus was wounded that we might be healed. Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness that we might be made righteous with his righteousness. Jesus died our death, that we might receive his life. Jesus was made a curse, that we might enter into the blessing. Jesus endured our poverty, that we might share his abundance. Jesus bore our shame. that we might share his glory. Jesus endured our rejection, that we might have his acceptance with the Father. Jesus was cut off by death, that he might be joined to God eternally. Our old man was put to death in him, that the new man might come to life in us.